Well, I am Dom. We're not going to forget the intro like we usually do. No, we're getting better at this. I am fan. And here we are reliving early 90s syndicated professional wrestling because that's what we do when you're in your late 40s. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you got a spare few minutes? Let's do this. Yeah. Remember when we uh, could wake up and not be in pain? Oh, my God. Before cataracts. (laughs) <laughs> hey, uh, hey what, what kind of podcast is this anyway? Two old men That's right. living our mid-teens. We got a cease and desist letter in the mail, which we, I didn't even know they had my address. Uh-oh. About the podcast. They said, we're not allowed to do it because we're not from England. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, shit. They found us. It's Simon Miller, the board a-hole here. And I just had a chat with Dominic. Oh, yeah, only British people can be doing wrestling-related internet content. <laughs> well, it's the it's the fun accents that gets people watching, apparently. Maybe we should have better accents. Yeah, Delco doesn't cut it. <laughs> I know what we could do. Okay. We can, like, put on fake accents. Ooh, okay. We can pretend we're British. <laughs> do, do this one British. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't do it. I'd let, no, I'd not, I, I think I would last about two well, anyway it is april 24th 1993 welcome to our humble podcast and we are coming to you not so live from a new arena we are in the tucson convention center in tucson arizona not too far from wrestlemania when was this recorded this was recorded on april 6th 1993 so yeah right after WrestleMania. Vegas to Tucson. Yep. It was built in 1971. Location includes an 8,962-seat indoor arena, two performing arts venues, and a 205,000-square-foot meeting space. It was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 2015. So apparently it is still going strong. It is now considered historic. They should have done that with the Spectrum. Oh, my God, yeah. The loss of the Spectrum still pisses me off. Yeah. We have an intro for the first time in many, many months. We do. However, I did not go through this one yet. I still feel like I need a couple of months because there wasn't enough new on this particular one for me to re-go through it. However, I will mention, I don't know if I had never recognized this before or not, but in the opening, we get one of the most devastating Yoko bombs yes. <laughs> that I have ever seen. That guy gets flattened and should be dead. Fatality. He gets fucked up. <laughs> he does. He absolutely does. And the shot that they have coming from like that corner turnbuckle, like there's no give there at all. Like Yoko's legs go flat out. 
Yeah. They don't even like hold him at all. He looks like he just gets his chest crushed mm-hmm. so hard that he gets like reverse whiplash where his face goes <laughs> forward into Yoko's crotch. <laughs> I'm sure Vince was just like salivating on that one. Like, God damn it. Put it in the intro. <laughs> put it in there. That's it's it. got to go in. Yeah. That guy got an extra hundred bucks. Oh, easily. <laughs> We're going to use this so often you might get royalties. <laughs> He's going to need some royalties to fix that neck. <laughs> yeah. You still seeing that dude about your nerves and shit, huh? Yeah, I got the cast up last week. Well, the thing that surprised me was we had a bunch of people that aren't, I don't think are with the company anymore in this thing. We had the Beverly Brothers. We had mm-hmm. a lot of shots of the boss man. And I thought both those dudes oh, yeah. were done. Yeah. And well, it's all the old shots of the boss man. Like they haven't taken them out yet. But they have a new shot of Hogan at the end. You know, it looks post WrestleMania because he's in his uh, black eye elf and never took his bandana off. Mm-hmm. So that was weird. So they fixed like some things, but kept in people that should be gone. Yeah. And I see a, a little bit more Kamala. I see a little doink. In there, the giant shot from Yoko. Yeah, okay. And then Hogan looks like it was WrestleMania, maybe like right at the end of WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't know. Just kind of giving himself the fist pump. Yes. <laughs> Self high five. Self high five on that one. Macho is in a, I don't know what he is. I got this one. Okay. Trust me. Trust me. Because <laughs> tag, tag out. Tag out on this one. I mean, because I saw him and see if you get, get this reference. I said, Brandon looks like a giant Charleston chew. <laughs> it does look like a Charleston. <laughs> I knew there was like a nougat candy out there. I was like, what was it called? And yeah, sure enough, I found a Charleston chew. It's, it's like covered in hieroglyphics, like where they yeah. found the, the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> Don't open them up. Don't, Don't open them up. Yeah, close your, your eyes. Your face will melt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened to Max Moon. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no, not Max Moon. Oh, no. We are talking a lot about what's going to happen this week. The biggest thing is the controversial Lex Luger arms. So we're going to get a statement on that later. Apparently, what's going on with that? Because they have finally figured out something's going on there where he's knocking these guys the fuck out. There's got to be something shady about that. Yes, that's the big storyline of the episode. And uh, it looks so coked up. I haven't seen him this excited. We should mention that as of this recording, mm-hmm. we just lost Fredo Macho. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, we did. So uh, Lenny Papa, who was the genius, who mm-hmm. really him and his brother should have reversed their music because he was dressed like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like he was graduating and. Macho would enter to graduation music. Yeah, pomp and circumstance there, certainly. One of the nicer things, I I had no appreciation of the genius when he was the genius. But when Macho died, you know, I don't know whatever happened that he was so blacklisted and you didn't get anything from him forever from the WWE. But then when they finally, like, let him out of, you know, Vince prison. Yeah. And they did a, like a tribute. I don't know if it was a DVD at the time, but it's on the network where they did this macho tribute and Lanny was all over it. And you could just tell, like he loved his brother so much. Oh, like, wow. It was like, so uh, he'd defend him whenever like, was he overbearing with Liz? He's like, no, shut up. You know, he's yeah. like, really, really love macho. Wow. And apparently macho took care of him all his life. Like whenever he got a job somewhere, he's like, you got bro, something to my, for my brother. Mm-hmm. So good man. Yeah. Fredo macho just for the show. Really good dude. Uh, we knew you well. Yes. We, we enjoyed your, your time on our show. We did. Thank you. 
And that goes for you too, Poffo. I'll, <laughs> I'll give him one of those. Okay. Give him one of those. Yeah. Awesome. Shawn Michaels starts us off in his WrestleMania gear, so you can tell us a little bit post-WrestleMania. Yeah, I have it as looking more and more like the Shawn that I remember when I first started watching again. Yes, we cut to a brand new Mr. Perfect merch shirt given to this young gentleman because he's wearing <laughs> two shirts. You can always tell of when course. they're <laughs> they more, when they're layered. <laughs> when they're layered. Here's a free shirt. Uh, yeah. So it says Mr. Perfect in white, and they got Perfect's face silk screened inside the, the uh, words Mr. Perfect. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah, there it is. Oh, that's a pretty cool shirt. Yeah. I like that shirt. They used to say that, you know, there's a, it was, you know, fun to be a heel, but very rarely did you make the merch money because parents wouldn't buy the bad guy shirt. Mm-hmm. So, like, going heel cost you some cash. Because you're not going to get the merchandise anymore. The Tron is now 4 by 4 still looks like it's CTR screens, like old television set screens. Because it looks like there's curvature to it. Everybody's booing Sean, except these two girls. Definitely not the one for 2 minutes, 23 no, 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 seconds no, no. in. Yeah, um, not the one with the gigantic glasses. Yeah. No, that's so unfortunate. <laughs> Why was that thing there? <laughs> Everybody had these, like, screened glasses on. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm talking about the girls who dropped the F-bomb. Uh, uh, no, the two like teenager looking two ones. Teenager looking yeah. ones. Two minutes thirty six seconds in, and I, the one on the right goes, "I'd fuck them <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure." Oh yeah, she's all about them. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's dropping it all over yeah. the place. Yeah. Uh, two minutes forty uh, seconds in, definitely the f bomb. Oh yeah, clean up in aisle three over there. Yeah, she's definitely totally <laughs> got wet basements everywhere. Looks like cleanup on aisle four. <laughs> But we got Dale Wolf. Dale Wolf is back, a.k.a. Dwight the Clown, a.k.a. Dusty Wolf, a.k.a. Dusty Woods, a.k.a. Mr. Wrestling 3. That's the one with Clubber Lang. Don't get a sucker, no statue. Give him guts. A.k.a. the original medic. So I got curious about some of these names because some of them, you know, we've, we've come up with some red tights that have had some pretty shady names like what do these mean so i decided to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole on this one just for a bit i didn't go too far i i I was able to come back Mm -hmm. but i decided to google original medic Mm -hmm. and what i came upon was interesting because another name that i mentioned in there was mr wrestling three right um so and i came upon a youtube video from 1980 in new ohio wrestling of Mr. Wrestling 2 mm-hmm. versus Medic 1. <laughs> so two of Dale's former aliases were fighting each other. Wow. At some point in new Ohio wrestling. So these were real things. I know Mr. Wrestling 2. He's pretty famous. Yeah. Dale Wolf was Mr. Wrestling 3. Not quite as famous and certainly no relation to Johnny Wrestling. No. Mr. Wrestling 2 was like the Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. But uh, <laughs> I think Medic 3 was kind of like the Shrek 3. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. You don't want to be the Shrek 3. <laughs> Dale's okay. Dale wrestles Shawn Michaels. He's not my favorite of the night. No. He does a, a decent job going through this match. There's a little bit of a back and forth and uh, some good timing things through this match here. We get a lot of pushing from Vince on this. We're really starting to push the whole heartbreak kid thing for Shawn Michaels. That was a thing before, but it seems like uh, Vince really picked up on that one and now he's promoting it. 
Well, you dumped Sherry. Yeah. Broke her heart. Had to change his theme music, the whole deal. Oh, yeah. They should have done the scene where Sherry, like, goes to Sean's apartment and collects her shit. (laughs) (laughs) Walks back home. Uh, Oh, poor Sherry. Yeah. Shirt half off. uh, (laughs) Doing the walk of shame. Walk of of shame. But there was always that ceremonial returning of your crap. Yeah, yeah. After a bad breakup. There you go. The thing that I noticed the most about this match was the end of the side suplex. Mm -hmm. He did it before, and this is the second time where he super kicks Dale Wolf, but it's such a bad super kick. It hits Dale in the chest. Yeah. But uh, he goes to put on the side suplex and decides, no, you know what? The sweet chin music, which doesn't have an aim yet, is enough. I'll just pin him. Yeah. So side suplex out as the finisher. I don't think we're ever going to see it again as the finisher. I found it was interesting because when he went for the super kick, more recent super kicks, the guy is just kind of like standing there dazed. Right. But this super kick, like he throws him against the ropes and he see? comes back for the super kick. Yeah. Didn't work too well. So, yeah, I guess he I, he finds it to be more accurate if the guy is just standing there as opposed to running towards him. Yeah, look, look, dude, I got one shot at this. Yeah. <laughs> Just cue it up. Yeah. Now, I wonder, because he goes for the side suplex, and you see him put his head down a little bit. I wonder if he's saying to Dale at that point, he's just like, you know what? Just fall. And then he yeah. pushes him away. Well, I remember yeah. this bit before. I remember him, like, not going for the side suplex and just ended up pinning him. We didn't get the cat fight that we should have because a different pair of women, six minutes, 54 seconds in, stand up and start clapping him. So we're going to have like a big old tag team cat fight over Shawn Michaels with the teenagers. Uh, I think, is that the ones that look like they they turned the wrong quarter? They were supposed to go to a a Europe concert and (laughs) and we're expecting, uh, you know, the final countdown and it didn't happen. Yes, uh, this is. Everyone I've ever dated right here. Yes. <laughs> but one's wearing a Bret Hart pair of glasses, so she's conflicted. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, aren't they all? They are. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who she likes. They do a replay of the super kick, which hits Dale in the sternum. And then they do a replay of the not side suplex. Yeah. Dale's let himself go a bit. He is not tan at all. No, no. He's, he's a little bit uh, under par as far as your traditional wrestler. Yeah, and he's a regular red tights. What the hell happened to Dale? <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Yeah. He's wrestling right under our Ica Pro sign. What's that going to do to him? <laughs> he is not promoting Ica Pro anytime soon. No. Yeah. Uh. Dale's the before picture. <laughs> well, overall, there was just lots of talk about Sean and Perfect. So I guess that's the new feud that we're going with here. Sean and Perfect, we have gone away from Perfect and Luger. The story being that Sean can match Perfect's skills or win without Sherry by his side. That's the angle that we're going with here. I have a couple questions after this episode, which for all intents and purposes is the real after WrestleMania episode. Oh yeah, certainly. One, who's Hogan supposed to be fighting because they kind of tease Hacksaw Yoko. Mm -hmm. Two, Who's Lex supposed to be fighting? Yeah, well, I would say Bret Hart. That would be my guess. Yeah. Even though Bret and Hogan don't appear anywhere in this episode. No, no. I would say Luger and Bret Hart, and I would actually say Hogan and still Yoko. Because even though they're teasing Hacksaw and Yoko, they keep pushing that Yoko is still the number one contender for the title. Do you think he's like, house shows don't work for me, brother? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, all right, Hacksaw on the house shows, you on the pay-per-view. Yeah, well, that's I'm thinking, like, you know, they do want to 
do the Yoko Hogan thing again, but they need something to fill the time. So that's yeah. going to be Hacksaw yes. and Yoko. I think Hacksaw substitute Hogan on the road. Mm-hmm. We get Mean Gene instead of Mooney. Mooney's officially out, right? Mooney out. Yeah, Mooney is gone. We'll not see him again until 2005. So it is a sad day in the Saturday Morning Superstars arena. We started with Mooney, and uh, last week was our last time seeing him. Goodbye, Mooney. We knew you well. They didn't promote a sponsor for the event center. It's not from the pages of or anything. No, that comes later. We have a pages of later. We are in the event center with Gene and just a couple of promos on this. Our first one comes from Crush in which he says, Aloha. And he also mentions that this is Crush. And I think it's because we could care less. (laughs) That's exactly why he says, Aloha, this is Crush, in case you forgot. It's a general face promo that he does, which is just to say, You know, there's so much talent and competition on the roster, and he goes down that road, as we've heard so many times before from our general face promos. Uh, Although he does call out Doink at the end, and it's kind of weird because, like, I pulled back a little bit from this one. I was like, okay, you are extremely angry with a clown. I'm going to have to kill this clown. This does not put you in a good light, Crutch. (laughs) You're pissed off, you're fighting a clown. And you're losing. Yes. That's what you get. Our second promo is from Money Inc. And they thank Hulk and Brutus because apparently they beat them Mm -hmm. at WrestleMania, which I'm trying to figure out how that worked. They lost, right? By GQ. Yeah, they did lose. But apparently because they quote unquote won, they're getting all kinds of contracts. And with contracts come money. And the other thing I got out of this promo is that they say that Hulk is whining because he's not every champion. (laughs) He should be the tag team champions. He should be the intercontinental. He should be all of them. He should just carry all the belts. They invoke the Beverly brothers as potential opponents, which I thought was very weird, being that they're not with the company. Interesting. I missed that one. And they are evil. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that's true. They're, yeah, they're both heels. So that is interesting. They're also in the opening credit sequence. And I didn't think Bo and Blake are, are with us anymore. And yeah, I think when we, we looked it up the last time, it said that they were done as of April of 1993. So they should be gone. We already see the replacements. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In this episode. What I didn't like about this event center is we didn't get snarky Gene. No, he didn't have all his little Gene puns. Yeah, it's Zingers going. last time. Gene had jokes last week. <laughs> Gene had the jokes. <laughs> straight ahead Gene. Gene had the good jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did, but now he was very straight ahead. Somebody must have like sat him down and said, hey, Gene, this isn't about you. Yeah, Gene, come on. <laughs> You're not where the money is. No one's paying no. for you. No, unfortunately. Speaking of unfortunate... Two people are going to die. <laughs> oh, they certainly do. Yes. We've got the Steiner brothers versus Reno Riggins mm-hmm. and Billy Jones. Reno has quite the extensive career of 23 years. We've seen him before. He started in 1988 and just finished up, actually, in 2011. So with that goes many, many matches. Billy, on the other hand, had three matches to his name. So... Uh, This was a tryout for Billy, and he must have failed. (laughs) This was was the third match. (laughs) This was the end of Billy. Because these guys get messed up. Oh, they do. We get some Steiner merch. It's a little boy in his second T-shirt. How'd they get away with the Michigan M? 
and using the Michigan fight song. Uh, it's interesting. I wonder if there's something that they may have changed slightly in it that they could have gotten away with it. Yeah. I'm not sure. And they're in their Michigan Letterman jacket. Mm. So, I don't know. Maybe there's maybe they had some sort of deal with uh, University of Michigan. Or maybe University of Michigan just thought of it as promotional material for them and could have cared less. Yeah, like, this is great. <laughs> for, yeah. Got free press. We love Scotty. He's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe, because I know Vince's lawyer is real good, like, super good. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> like, Vince seems to be able to get away with anything. Yes. He seems to be living the high life right now. Yeah, the federal government's tried. Yeah. Apparently, 111 interns have tried. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't has made a lick of difference. They mentioned University of Michigan several times, so it could have been a promotional thing. If I was the University of Michigan, I wouldn't bitch. Like, no, not at all. The Steiners come out looking extremely tired at first. Like, as they come down the aisle, I don't know if it, you could notice it or not, but it's like even like as they just start to turn that corner to come out, it looks like, like ah, shit, we got to do this again. <laughs> well, I mean, how tiring is it for Scott Steiner to carry his own arms? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be pretty, pretty taxing. Yeah. I can imagine. They're humongous. Yeah. Vince says the Steiners have more potential to go to the top than any other team in uh, WWF history. But I was trying to figure out, like, how much, because I don't think they, are they a part of WrestleMania 10? I was trying to figure out, because I know they, they don't last too long in WWF. No, it's it's about a year. Yeah. And, and they trade the belts with Money Incorporated several times. Okay. Money Incorporated was, like, together much, much longer than I remembered. I Mm -hmm. Like several years. Yeah. A couple of WrestleManias as champion. Let's try Dr. Internet. All right. WrestleMania. The tag team match is. Okay. Men on a mission. Uh, defeating the Quebecers. Okay. So Mabel. And, uh, Men on a mission is Mabel and. Um, Mo. Mo. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the Quebecers. Isn't that like a Rougeau thing? The Malty and the other dude. And the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever it is. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, no Steiners. No Steiners. So, I think they're out by the time WrestleMania 10 comes around. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, they, they pushed them big and then all of a sudden they were gone. Well, anyway, these two guys get their asses handed to them uh, several times oh, in God. this match. My favorite part is when Rick gets tagged in because you can just tell that he loves his job. Yeah. He loves kicking the shit out of these red tights so much and does not give two fucks about how much it hurts them. <laughs> no, yeah, your job is to get beat and I'm going to yeah. beat you. Yeah. And it's going to look super real because I'm really going to beat you. Yes, the beating is going to occur and you're not going to like it. It's kind of weird because I always thought Scott was the more popular one, and I still think he is. But mm. more people react to Rick because of the, the dog barking. Dog and face he, gremlin, he yeah. Gets the, the more crowd interaction. Mm -hmm. Our poor dude in red just gets really mangled. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's our, that's our Billy Jones gets killed. To the point of he can't even tag Reno Riggins back in. No. <laughs> that Scott has to bring him over to the corner. And while Reno is not looking, because Reno doesn't want to come back in. Reno jumps off the apron. Yes. 
<laughs> Reno's like, I've had enough of your shit. I ain't taking this anymore. Rick has the other red tight pretty much beat to death, totally unconscious. Yeah. Brings his dead body over to Reno Riggins <laughs> and is going to tag Reno in himself with the dead arm yep. of his, his partner. And Reno jumps off the apron. <laughs> He's like, I ain't want anything. Nope. No, you keep on beating him up. I'm not coming in. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Hey, so the ass beating. And then Scott goes and beats his ass. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. Scott beats him up some more. And then uh, while Reno is not looking, he's he's uh, pandering to the crowd. They s- slap his hand with his dead partner's body <laughs> yes. so that Scott can administer the pump handle slam drop. And that uh, goes into the Frankensteiner for the win. I think Reno's the only guy who could probably pull off the Frankensteiners because I think that's why they they put him in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like Reno was definitely the more experienced wrestler due to this. Like, he even got a little bit of offense at the beginning. Like, he Mm -hmm. did some back and forth with uh, Scott Steiner at the very beginning. Yeah, was he on the uh, Jimmy Powers B. Brian Bear contract? Yeah, that's what that's what I was kind of looking at. I was like, maybe they're they're touting him as one of them now, giving giving him a little bump. Mm -hmm. Well. Always be closing. Always be closing because Coliseum video, which when mm-hmm. literally when they weren't doing wrestling videos was a was like a porn distributor. <laughs> Something got crossed between those two departments because we have smack 'em whack 'em. Smack 'em whack 'em. Yes. Do you think someone just saw airplane? <laughs> when they were trying to title this thing. <laughs> Cue that drop. See a brawl to get that booty act. <laughs> Lay it down or smack them, yak them. Yeah. And the, on the cover of the Smack em, Whack em box is Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. I love these because this is when you actually got to see the matches that they were promoting on tour. Mm-hmm. And they put them together in between pay-per-views. Now there is no in-between pay-per-views. There's always no. a pay-per-view. But how could you even ask your parents, hey, mom, <laughs> can you go in the video store and get smack them, whack them for me? <laughs> Trust me, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, no, no. Okay. You don't have to go back where the beads are. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna there's gonna be two sweaty men on the front of the box. <laughs> yeah. so, trust me, it's okay, Mom. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I really am. Yeah. So no, it's okay, you know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, it tells us that not only do we get the matches from here, but this Coliseum Home video is hosted by the Bushwhackers, who are going to do some home improvements for us, apparently. This was like a running gag with these interim videos. Remember yeah. the last one was like the Bushwhackers at the health, the, uh, yoga yeah, the health thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. And now you got Luke and Butch doing home repair and improvement with one of them, Luke or Butch, whichever one he is. Yeah. He, he has a helmet on, but the helmet's all gone. All he has is <laughs> the interior structure of the helmet without the helmet. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why we needed the, the comedy bits by the Bushwhackers every single time we have one of these videos. Yeah, well, the, I mean, that was that was the thing. Like, uh, Hey, uh, back in like the late '80s, early '90s, I was all about getting like the the NBA bloopers mm-hmm. videos and that kind of stuff. I guess they were trying to pander to that crowd as well with the sports. It's kind of funny because in between matches, you're like, "Who's coming up next? Who's coming up next?" Mm-hmm. And whenever the Bushwhackers music would hit and they'd come out, a little part of me was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, part, a part of my soul would die I'm there. Yeah. Really? So who's next? Oh, oh you know. damn it! 
damn it. Uh, well, I guess I'll do the arm thing. Yeah, okay. do the arm thing. <laughs> and I'm going to go buy some popcorn. Yes, please. Ray Rougeau. Hey, yes. Ray Rougeau is on the dais out in the audience, um, and he is planning on welcoming Bam Bam Bigelow to interview on the platform. However, <laughs> as Bam Bam is coming out, he gets pummeled over by Sensational Sherry. Like, she knocks him out of the way. Yes. Because she is there to go off on Luna Vachon. Yes. Uh, Sensational Sherry, walking wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> How she manages to keep her boobs in this outfit <laughs> the entire time is beyond me because I'm just it, like, and this can't be on television Saturday morning. Certainly. Yeah. She's, she's got that dress a little bit too low. It looks like a early nineties prom dress for somebody that's about three sizes smaller than her. Absolutely. Yeah. She uh, interrupts the interview. She's calling out Luna Vachon. Bam Bam's like, yo, this is my time. And actually mm-hmm. manhandles Sherry. Yeah, she takes him out. He's he's ready to smack a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't buy for a second because Sherry would kick his ass. Oh, yes, she would. But she's begging off like the, the damsel in distress, and out comes Tatanka to save the day. Mm-hmm. And I was so wrong about this. I know we're going to eventually get evil Tatanka. Yeah. And that's when I thought he was managed by Sherry. Because I totally don't remember a day that Sherry was a face, but apparently she is. Yeah. And we have face Sherry with Tatanka. Managing Tatanka through this whole thing. Yes. Well, it hasn't really been stated that she is his manager. She's just been hanging around with him a lot. So, But yeah, this sets up a nice little feud between Bam Bam and Tatanka now. Uh, and they are still touting Tatanka as the undefeated Tatanka. So this this could get quite interesting here because they've been giving Bam Bam the push, but we've got an undefeated Tatanka. So what's going to happen? Tune in next week, folks. They made a point saying, like, he's still the only guy you could say he's undefeated. I'm like, mm-hmm. when did Lex get beat? That's true. Uh, he has not. Yeah, Lex is, Lex is undefeated now, too. Or still, Should at be. this point. Unless he's been losing on the road. They don't go into that. No, they don't. No. It doesn't happen on TV. It doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. We got some stalwarts of the company. I see Pat Patterson and Renee Goulet breaking up the the fight. I love Renee Goulet. Oh, my God. She is going to fall out of that dress. I don't know how she doesn't. I have no idea how she doesn't. It is Saturday morning, Sherry. Come on. Keep it in your top. Thank you. Stephanie Mann would wear similar stuff and always pop out of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How Sherry stayed in there. Yeah. Uh, Dark El Matador appears in <laughs> a black outfit. Tito uh, Santana's aging at twice the speed as of everybody else. Like <laughs> every time he comes out, he looks five years older. Yeah, I think. Well, he's he's got to be done soon too. I can't imagine this gig lasts too much longer. No. Playing the part of Two Face tonight is Louis Spicoli. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of our favorite red tights. Uh, yeah, and he's got sort of this this black and white half and half thing going on with his singlet. So it just made me think of Two Face there. Dale Wolf kind of was a better throw dummy than anybody else, but Luis Piccoli is the only red tight the entire night that tries to tell a story in his match. And it's with Tito Santana, the Matador. Yeah. Uh, 
Like he acts like a heel the whole time. It's like I'm. I was convinced that he was going to try to beat Tito and not just be a test dummy. Mm-hmm. He does a great job. You can tell that Luis Piccoli is like the real deal, and some people are just like there to be tossed around. Yeah, it starts immediately with him like in the ropes and then begging off and then doing all the heel story stuff. Where his match, the match actually makes sense. It tells a cohesive story from beginning to end. Yeah, always go Louis. Long live Louis. No, he died. Oh, he died. <laughs> Crap. No, no. Hey, it was to the um, uh, Tony Schiavone uh, podcast. Like, mm-hmm. he and Louie were, like, best of friends, man. Uh, Razor Ramon apparently really took his death hard. So, yeah, he was big in the community, even though, like, he never, like, really made it too far. I thought he was somebody. Didn't he turn into anybody? He did kind of, like, right before he died. They were starting to push him. Who's Balls? Uh, no, that was... That was um, that wasn't Louis. Um, shoot, I can't think of uh, mm-hmm. who he's going as is now. But yeah, balls is balls is in here as a red tight at some point, but not. Uh, it wasn't Louis. Louis pretty good. I love it. Yeah, match of the night for me maybe was the Steiners because they kicked those guys' ass so much. Mm-hmm. But Louis is definitely my red tight of the night because if you gave him a name mm-hmm. like uh, and dressed him up in, in an occupational gimmick. This could have been a name versus name match. Oh, yeah. Easily a name versus name match. He fights Tito Santana. The Matador sets up his finishing move by doing a section of the Michael Jackson thriller dance <laughs> uh, to use the El Paso del Muerte right. uh, for the win. Or uh, extra hot paste picante, as uh, <laughs> the brain would call it. It's spicy hot. Uh, the pasta doble. <laughs> Meanwhile, last week we were given that we would get an update on Owen Hart's condition, and it happens during this match. Yeah. <laughs> that was, it was like very haphazardly. Vince lets us know that Owen blew his knee out in his match against Bigelow last week, but they don't know anything else right now. That's the only thing that disappointed me at the match. The match was the one of the best of the night, and they, you know, they, talked all over it because no one yeah there's nothing to push with tito no nobody cares about the matador we're still trying to figure out uh this whole gimmick thing speaking about nobody cares about and we got to figure out this gimmick thing we get damien demento oh my god who i thought was gone i thought we would never see him again no he would come out the only pro of damien demento and which I, i wish they would redo is make the person from someplace ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like like from parts unknown or yeah. from the outer reaches of your mind. When I first listened to it, while they're showing Damien Demento walking down the aisle, mm-hmm. and they say, from Santa Clara, California. Yeah. And like, I was like, what? oh, wait. It's like, Damien, move from the outer reaches of your mind to Santa Clara, California. Yeah. No, that was Casey Clare. Oh, damn. That fooled me, too. I was like, yeah. I thought he was from the outer reaches of your mind. What's he doing in Cali? Yeah, maybe he is from Cali. We never know. Do you think Vince was like, where's our warlord? Like, we need a warlord. We always need to have a warlord on staff. Like, Yeah. and He is very warlord-esque. Yes. Yeah. He's getting into his gimmick. He's trying to uh, improve upon his act where he's talking to the voices. The voices. Sure. Randy Orton theme music. <laughs> Joey Voices is still in his head. Yo. Yeah, Joe, yeah, he is. That's true. Yes. He's still got Joey Voices up there. Yeah, he's trying some some new uh, interesting things out. One of the moves that he did in this was he stuck Casey's own hand in his mouth and then pushed it shut. 
So in a sense, Casey was biting his own fingers off, which was an interesting, I thought, move. It made sense for Damien's gimmick. In a weird way, the way Damien DeBento is acting and talking and the way his head moves around, he seems to act like a super jacked version of mankind. Yeah. But shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, just a, like the promos don't cut it. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, and he's and he's never going to be thrown off the top of a, uh, a steel cage. <laughs> no, this, this literally is a, as good as it gets. One of the cooler moves is there is a spot where our red tight is in the corner, and Damien goes to run in to beat him up, and the guy steps out of the corner, and Damien doesn't run face first into the turnbuckle. He stops. <laughs> I have the ability to stop my motion forward. <laughs> I will not go into the turnbuckle. The voices told me to stop, yo. Uh, yeah. If you haven't seen this gem of the internet, it's a supercut of all the time Samoa Joe just walks away from high flying wrestlers that are jumping. Oh yeah, no, I did see that. Yeah, that is that, is, <laughs> that reminded me of that. Yeah, that is awesome. Man. I'm like, I why doesn't that. everybody just do that? It's the greatest yeah. greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah, guys jumping off the top rope, <laughs> and Joe just moves. Who's out of the way? Yeah. Why doesn't everybody do that? It makes sense. But yeah, Damien lays the boots down, and I don't know, he's, he's got a boring move set. He's more act than wrestler, and it's not yeah. a very good act. His shoulder tackle, the Undertaker is probably going to like have words with him backstage. Certainly. No, no. <laughs> that was mine. Nope. You don't get to do that. Can't do that. Yeah. The one thing that I took out of this, because they were doing so much talking about Luger's arm and the steel plate that's in Luger's arm. And then Damien, when he goes for his finishing move with his knee, he moves the knee pad in some form or another before he drops the knee. Because that apparently is knocking out his foes. Right. Why are they not investigating that? And actually, Savage says something mm-hmm. about that at the very end. I was like, yeah, Savage, you go. That's exactly what I was thinking. And Vince is like, who gives a shit about David <laughs> Dementos? <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to be investigating him anytime soon because he's not on the card. He did a bunch of different variations of this. I think when we originally saw him, he was taking his knee pad down. Mm-hmm. And then the next couple times, it looked like he was adjusting his knee pad. This time, it looked like he had placed something into yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. But they're not telling the story about it. So No, they could care less because he's on the lower card. He's not low mid. He's low low. <laughs> he's low low. He's not even at mid. Mm-hmm. Well, we get our replacements for the Beverly Brothers. And here they come, ladies and gentlemen. The smoking guns are going to be making their way into the WWF. Yes, we get Bart and Billy Gunn. Mr. Ass is here. Daddy Ass doesn't look a thing like he, he <laughs> he's unrecognizable. Like, no. If you would say, which one's Billy Gunn? I'm like, none of them. <laughs> but, but yeah, there he is with his uh, goofy ass mustache. And sure enough, he, he's here for the first time. And this dude, still going strong today, Bart Gunn. Mm-hmm. Less with the company on and off for a long time because we see him get his ass beat in WrestleMania 15. By Butterbean. <laughs> Butterbean decapitates the motherfucker in about a minute. Wow, he kicked her head right off her body. Did you see that? <laughs> He's done. Yeah. So we get a very, very hokey video vignette of these two on horseback with their leather dusters, their hats on. You know, they are the quintessential cowboys. Everybody loves a cowboy, ladies and gentlemen, especially in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that these guys are going to be faces coming into the Federation. 
they convincingly ride horses. So I don't know what their experience was before this, but they mm-hmm. they actually ride the horses on like Crush who couldn't surf on his boogie board. Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah, or the dynamic dudes who couldn't actually ride their skateboard in. Yeah, so I'm buying it. All right. Yeah, I'll take it. I just I just wonder what this promo would have done to them today. <laughs> well, back then I remember thinking this gimmick's so silly they'd never be anything but like uh, a bushwhacker level. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to ever be champion, and they did. They do. Yeah. When you think the Rockers never were. Yeah. The smoking guns were. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. But we get our first promo for the fifth pay per view. Yay. We will have King of the Ring, and we're already starting the story that Jerry Lawler, who as of this recording just had a stroke, so it's been yeah. not a great week. He is already pissed off that they're going to have a tournament to crown a king when they already have a king, and he's the king. He is the king, yeah. So he's a little bit ticked off about that, but that, that's a good story to go with, yeah. So and it's nice that we got something that's going to be on June thirteenth to break up a little bit of the summer because we didn't have this last year. It was all about, uh, if we recall, not last year, last year, but last year wrestling time. So like five years ago for us, apparently. That's right. We were talking about body stars at this point because they had nothing else to do. That's true. When the episode ends, one of the things we're going to see next week is a qualifying match i don't remember there being qualifying matches yeah but i do remember the tournament being much bigger Mm -hmm. like by the end of the king of the ring run it was like the one match to crown the king or maybe they had to wrestle two in the night yeah but and all the preliminary matches the whole bracket was done before the pay-per-view and the pay-per-view is just like all right now who do we crown after watching these guys fight on television for months and months? But I didn't mm. remember you had to like win to get in starting year one. Uh, yeah, they went pretty, you know, fairly in depth with this. So we're going to get our first qualifier next week between Perfect and Doink, mm-hmm. which should be interesting. The next red tie is apparently related to Pat Patterson. He is not. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Yeah, because I, I looked it up because I saw it. So it's it's Hexel Jim Duggan, and he's going to be facing Tim Patterson. And it was like sort of a running joke backstage that he was related to Pat Patterson, but he is not. So when I looked up Tim Patterson, I found some interesting information on him that just kind of popped up as far as his not only wrestling career, but just things that he did. And the first thing that's on there says Tim Patterson was a big Rocky Horror Picture Show enthusiast and played Rocky Horror on the stage shows before wrestling. So that that was the first thing. All right. Tim Patterson made a tremendous side living at nightclubs as a comic and theater actor. Uh, While wrestling for the WWF, TV announcers took great pleasure in wondering if Tim was the son of Pat Patterson. But in fact, he is not. Definitely not the son. Yeah. (laughs) Of Pat Patterson. Yeah. And then it says Tim Patterson and his manager, the time traveler, (laughs) engaged in a feud running several weeks in Phoenix in the 1980s. Filling the arena in main events against Billy Anderson, Tim's trainer, that were usually bloodbaths. The time-traveling manager is genius. Can you imagine (laughs) Tim Patterson cutting promos at this day and age going, And listen, Hogan, (laughs) when I face you at WrestleMania (laughs) 1... I'm coming back. It's coming back. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> that would be awesome. He returns with this totally tricked out, like futuristic LED lighted super belt. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I just beat the champion at WrestleMania 1400. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be a Saturday morning gimmick. I love it. Yeah. Like he goes to the ring in a DeLorean. Or, or one of those phone booths. Yes. The Bill and Ted's phone booths. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Let's yeah, book that one. Book yeah, that, oh, what a great gimmick. Yeah. You've already lost <laughs> in the future. <laughs> just comes to the ring. It's just yes. I already I've seen the future. Oh, that'd be so great. Yeah. I mean, this guy gets booked for like a, a Intercontinental title match in SummerSlam. Yeah. Three weeks before he's cutting promos with the belt. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> like, that is awesome. Oh, I want it. Do it. Yeah. Oh, damn. He just shows up with the belt. I beat you already. And I'm back <laughs> to tell you you're going to lose. It's a done deal. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. I love it. Or they have the match, he loses. And then he returns for the match again, and he keeps on <laughs> looping the match until he wins. He shows up twice in the match. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like the whole paper is just that match. You like they and then like resets, and he's like, okay, so he took me out with sweet chin music, <laughs> and they restart yeah. the match. He's wearing a biker helmet. Yeah. He's like, can't kick me in the head now. <laughs> he loses again by something else. He's like, okay, let's try it again. It's like live, die, yeah. repeat. <laughs> Which would have been better than what we saw because other than Mike McGurk. Yeah. We got new American Doubt Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's got new gear, which is seriously unfortunate because holy shit. Yeah. He's uh we get the full Duggan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to see that much Duggan. Too much Doug in the and. <laughs> There's no way that the Cure fans over here at 27 minutes, 20 seconds, they're jumping up. One who is wearing no shirt. Yeah. <laughs> She's just got her. Yeah, I think those were our Europe ladies from earlier, right. too. They love it. Yeah, they yeah. love Haxel. I don't think so. This is yeah. they, they cut this from a different wrestler. This is when at, Sean came out. At uh, 27.54, I don't know if you caught this or not, but somebody has a homemade hoe sign but it's done on a manila folder. Oh, no. <laughs> it's done on a manila folder with, like, a black magic marker. It's like, they did not put any time into this at all. Uh, you can see the little tab coming up on the side of it. <laughs> you know what that is. Yeah, that's yeah. mom going, look, yeah. we're not buying you supplies. Mom. Yeah, I was going to say, mom, can you get me a poster board? No. <laughs> right on the back of this. It's still good. You're going to look like an idiot. Oh, yeah. damn. And he screwed up the O's because they're all filled in. So, you know, that yeah. didn't go well. The, <laughs> the exclamation point is dotted with an X. With an X. <laughs> so it's a drunk O. <laughs> <Yeah>. The best. <laughs> As always. <laughs> like, yeah. Of course. Haxel's flag on the back of his tights looks like the Puerto Rican flag, the way it's structured out. Yes. Yes, it does. Well, you know, Puerto Rico is part of the uh, United States. It counts as a territory. Yes. We're good. We're still in the realm. Mm -hmm. Very good. This red tight is 18 feet tall, and he does look like he's wearing tights from the theater. Yes, a very, very tall dude here. The whole time, Duggan is just yelling Yokozuna at 
every camera that he can find. Yes. Poor Red Tide's like, can you give me some love at all? I'm, yeah. I'm six foot 12 over here. Look at me. I'm gigantic. <laughs> yeah. Tim Patterson is is not Duggan's main focus right now. And uh, yeah, this is it, this actually, this match went a little longer than I thought it would. Even though it was under three minutes, mm-hmm. it just felt long to be in so much that like when Duggan goes to pin Patterson and then he decides not to, I'm like, Oh damn, we got to do more of this. Match. Yeah. You can tell like the newer red tights don't know how to fall. They always land on their hip. Mm-hmm. Cause I think they're trying to brace themselves with one of their arms. And like when they take a hit, you can tell he's like, ow, I really, I did not land right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Our rookie yeah. red tights always look like they are really getting hurt. Which is selling, you know, it works. Yeah, yeah. I believe he's in pain. <laughs> yes, I believe he actually is in pain. Mm-hmm. He's he's not doing too bad there. I think he split his tights. Uh, I'm pretty sure that our red tight about 29 minutes in has is, is got a little hole in his tights going. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I just saw that as Hacksaw brought him up for the suplex. We saw a little bit too much of the uh, red tight there. Too much red tight. Pritchard said Hacksaw like was a much better act than what he settled on. He settled on like the two things that worked, like Ho and USA, mm-hmm. but apparently was much better. He had more stuff in his arsenal, but would just settle on these like couple things and never really develop more because he was convinced Hacksaw could have been a much bigger deal had he not mm-hmm. just like relied on the two crutches of those two, two aspects of his act. Like apparently, like back in he came from on the territory circuit, like he was a badass. Yeah, he never really brought. He was more of a cartoon character here, and never developed anything more. I feel like his glory days were more late '80s, and this was just kind of like the waning end of it here in the early '90s. Because I mean, he won the first Royal Rumble, so he had a lot of momentum there, you know, in the late '80s. But it just never went anywhere past that. It looked like this. This guy's man. He's definitely in color guard. He can always like catch (laughs) the board one handed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he throws it up there, does a couple of flips in the air, and has no problem catching it one-handed, coming back down. So from the pages of WWF Magazine, which I keep on thinking, all they do is change the cover. The pages mm-hmm. that flip by have WBF stuff. It's got the Ultimate <laughs> Warrior. So we're not seeing the pages of the actual internal magazine. I think they just no. used the graphic of the cover, and that's the only thing they ever swap out. Cause yeah, the- change the cover of it. The pages part is very old. And we get Gorilla. Yeah. Uh, wearing his blue shades. Yeah. Gorilla gives us an update. He's now the update person, whereas Gene was before. Gene has taken the Mooney position. Gorilla has now taken the Gene position as we move forward here on Saturday Morning Superstars. We see the clip of Bret Hart. Finally, we've been hurrying about this clip. And this is the first time we actually get to see it. Uh, when Luger takes him out at the WrestleMania brunch the morning before WrestleMania. But what end? Yeah. Like, why would Luger do it? He's fighting Mr. Perfect later on that day. Yeah. He's had no beef with Hart at all. Why did they like, all right, Luger, you're going to go run in and hit Bret Hart. Bret has a match with Yokozuna in the main event. Mm -hmm. What was the point? The only thing I could think of is that they were setting up for after WrestleMania. Well, I'm sure at this point, Bret knew that he was going to pretty much get screwed over and Hogan was going to win the title. Maybe this was to appease Brett to like give him something to say, like, you know, you're not going to have the title, but we're going to put you in this high profile feud with Luger moving forward. We have the great producer, Rene Goulet, talking to <laughs> Lex Luger before he hits him. And Rene is basically telling him everything he needs to do. It's like, yeah. okay. 
this point, three, two, one, go. All right. <laughs> and then he gets clocked. Yeah. And Luger looks ridiculous. I don't remember 90s fashion being quite this bad, but Luger is wearing what looks like a sweatshirt, but also looks like a dress shirt with tight ballooned out hip jeans and white boots. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you could yeah. wear anything together in the 90s. You certainly could. Yeah. And everything was like cinched. So, <laughs> yeah, like where where your waist was, everything was tight there, where your ankles were, where your wrists were, everything was cinched. There was no room in there to let anything breathe. But everything else was ballooned out. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you just like cinched everything and then filled yourself up with helium. We get a shot of the Lex Luger x-ray, which literally says Lex Luger. So were they that kayfabe back in the day <laughs> where you go to the doctors and be like, what's your name? Lex Luger. <laughs> but this is from 73192. So this is back when mm-hmm. he was supposed to be doing the WBF. Yeah, the body stars. Yep. And you know, they were promoting him and then suddenly didn't. Yeah. They have part of it blocked. So I don't know what they have taped up or if that's just an artifact. But I'm looking at this X-ray. And yeah, he's got a plate and it's screwed into his arm all the way to the elbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like about what's that, five or six screws on that thing? There is a minimum of five. You don't know, I can't yeah. see below. I'm count I think I'm counting six. Yeah. And then they Definitely. show the plate over I don't even know how he's bending his arm with the way the plate looks. Yeah, it goes arm. like right up to his elbow. Yeah. Across it. That's why yeah. I don't know how it's how it's actually working unless it's on the, the outside. And then he shows you his arm. He's like doing a promo and they get a good shot of the scar, so it's yeah, which I never noticed before. No, they never pointed it out before. But yeah, he's got a, a decent scar there. It looks like it was cut all the way down, like towards his wrist, and then there's like another cut just above that that's a little bit shorter, going to his elbow. Yeah. Now this is interesting because the official ruling is, yeah, we figured out why he's knocking out people left and right. Yeah. But it's part of his anatomy now. There's nothing they can do about it, so it's legal for him to have it because what are you gotta do? You can't take the thing out of his arm. Yeah, he can't take his arm away. But I guess you know when they turn him face, they're like, well, we can't have him cheat with his loaded elbow anymore. That's not fair. It's now the good guy has got to play fair, and he's like clocking people with his robo arm. So I think they might put the elbow pad on him when he's a good guy and allow him to keep on clocking people as a bad guy. <laughs> well, hey, that just that goes along with our narrative of like the bad guys can pretty much get away with anything. Yeah, they're, they're good. Yeah, it's good to be the king. Yes. So, yeah, we, we get a little bit of an interview from narcissist to narcissist. Yeah. And he's basically like, yeah, sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing you can do. It's inside me. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. That's what your wife said. Oh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we get back to the ring here for what is supposed to be a match between Tataka and a red type, Steve Vega. Yeah. He looks um, like Skinner's brother. Yeah, he's got uh, about 10 matches to his name, uh, TV matches. But Tatanka's music hits, and they're no Tatanka. I love this because Vince does uh, the full Vince on. Oh, yeah. Enthusiastic. And here he is, folks. And then he doesn't come out, and they play it again. And he's right back in it. Still right there. Yep. Super over-the-top introduction of the face guy. Mm-hmm. And then something I didn't think I'd ever see in this era is the Tron shows you backstage. Yeah, they're in a hallway somewhere, and it looks like Bam Bam Bigelow has 
taken El Tatanka and he has proceeded to start to cut the red streak out of Tatanka's hair with scissors and nobody will go near him because he's got scissors. <laughs> he's yeah. threatening everyone with the scissors. I'm running with scissors. I'm a bad man. Poor Rene Goulet almost gets stabbed. Yeah. The f- funny thing is, you got Sid and Arn Anderson actually got into a knife fight with scissors. Yeah. <laughs> like a brutal yeah. one. So, yeah, maybe he'd stay away. Um, <laughs> I do remember them losing the red thing off of Tatanka's head. I don't know if it's going to happen now. My Tatanka timeline is completely screwed up between good Tatanka, Tatanka with Sherry, evil Tatanka, Tatanka with the full headdress. There's a lot yeah. of variations, and I don't remember when they happened. Yeah. So we might get non-redhead Tatanka. Maybe the Red Rooster is like, pseudo. <laughs> cease and desist. That's, that's my shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it gets real ridiculous when people trying to bite your style. You know what I'm saying? Our face announcers are rate because that represents the blood of all native americans and the king's over here just thinking it's hilarious as shit so yeah much as like there's things you don't do and that is one of them yeah now here's the question i had about this because this beating looks as brutal if not more brutal than the one that doig puts down on crush Right. And if we recall the commentator's reactions to that, like King was actually like, that was too far. But this, this is okay. <laughs> you know, so where is that line, King? That's what I want to know. It depends on if it's a face or a heel. That's where the yeah, line is. I guess so. Uh, but Mr. Hughes is about to kill somebody. Yeah, Mr. Hughes coming down the, the aisle saying, we the ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> giving, us the, giving us the ones there. Uh, he is the original OG one, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is going to be facing Raven Clark. <laughs> wow. Which he should have just been Raven. What about me? What? Well, Raven, you only had nine matches. So mm. that's all we know about you. That's right. He's slow to get up so much that, like, Mr. Hughes has to, like, buy time between every match. Mm-hmm. And we get uh, Harvey Whippleman in the house. Yeah, so the angle that they're pushing with Mr. Hughes is that all these managers want to manage him. Mm-hmm. So we see a promo of Harvey Whippleman being the first one of the set saying that when he sees Mr. Hughes, he sees himself, a small white man. so uh saying that hughes is tough like him uh, and he can do more for mr hughes than any other manager in the wwf mr hughes not done beating the guy up after the whippleman promo he goes for the pin but says nope i'm not done Mm -hmm. Uh, mr hughes needs to go to suspender school with irs because he's losing his left suspender throughout the match beats Uh, his ass and then because mr hughes is so damn classy he goes and fixes his suspender before he goes to continue (laughs) to kick the ass of our red type yes Vince, during this whole thing, is putting over the chaos of today, which there was quite a lot of chaos. And, of course, the new King of the Ring pay-per-view as Hughes stays in control and hits a sidewalk slam for the win. Yeah, that was like the go-to for big dudes was like the sidewalk slam. Yeah, it's pretty impressive and looks fairly devastating, especially when you're putting all that weight on top of it. Yeah, I would use it. I'd love to see a Hughes-Bossman match. Did that exist? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That could be good. I I want you to Hughes' sunglasses. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah those are awesome I, I love how he wears the sunglasses for the whole thing yeah wrestling gear what i'm a bouncer i just kick your yeah. ass yeah easy done <laughs> at the end of the match he, he should take one of the ropes and unclip it <laughs> like <laughs> let himself out yeah 
Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yep. they, they changed the ropes to velvet ropes before every match. Oh, it's a Mr. Hughes match. He has to check the opponent. The opponent has to bring two girls for every guy he fights. <laughs> and then he'll let him in. Yes. You ain't on the list. Check the list. Yeah, man, it ain't on here. I can't help you. I, I guess we're down to two event centers instead of three now. This is our final event center? Yeah. Yeah, this so. is our final event center for this episode. Just a couple of quick little promos here. Our first one is from Mr. Fu. Fuji and Yoko. And Mr. Fuji, of course, does all the talking here. And there was a couple things that struck me about this. Of course, he's saying, like, look at my Yokozuna. He is so big. And he goes through his regimen of, like, I'm guessing this is what he eats. Like, yes. 20 pounds of rice, so many pounds of chicken. But the one that got me was the lots of mayo for power. I got that, too. So my question is, why am I not extremely powerful? Because I'm at least 46% mayonnaise. Yeah, you, should, you should be huge. <laughs> it should be. I logged a lot of miles training for that day, and I downed a lot of donuts. Little chocolate donuts. They taste good, and they've got the sugar I need to get me going in the morning. That's why little chocolate donuts have been on my training table since I was a kid. I don't understand. Mayo is food group for me. So, well, if you ever pause on the Nike Pro ad, it's Cyclone, it's Wind, <laughs> it's Mayo. Oh, of course, I must have missed the Mayo one. I'm gonna have to go back and reorder my Nike Pro. Yeah, you go to a GNC anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. and you'll see at least two or three rows of mayo. Oh yeah, they've got like the they've got the way. Yeah. They've got you know they've got the. Uh, the energy drinks, those giant dugs, and then there's the giant things of like, you know, 60 ounces of mayo right next to it, yeah. of course. Yes, Miracle Whip, Miracle Nene. <laughs> Got it all. Our second promo is from Mr. Perfect. Mr. Fabulous. And Gene says he's been pushing this one all night. Hey, you guys have been waiting for this one all night. Here is a promo for Mr. Perfect. Mr. Fabulous. So apparently we've been waiting for that. I mean, uh, is he the top face? Beyond, if we're going to take Brett out of the picture and Hogan, then I guess so, yeah. Well, he's got word that the elbow's loaded because he mentions that. Yeah, he's just like, you know what? Everybody's got bad days, but I turn it around and I make it perfect. Fabulous. After that. So he's back on the upswing. Yes. He says perfect a lot. Like, I don't know what the over-under is, but it's <laughs> it's pretty high. Uh-oh, we might have to start a drinking game. <laughs> yeah. but how many perfects yes. were said so, in the perfect promo? I'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, don't do it in a drinking game. <laughs> no, we should actually do a recording. We take a look at the last Flyers game. Yeah. See if the number of goals scored is over or under the number of times perfect says perfect. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. Definitely. I'm going to take perfect for the win every time this season. <laughs> I got that one, too. Well, that's it. So did you like the episode, fan? I did. Actually, as you said before, I think this was a perfect way of describing it as the true uh, after WrestleMania Saturday morning superstars. You know, I'm sure they had like a lot going on with Rawls. But as far as our superstars episodes going, this one far surpassed last week's episode. And we had a lot of just angles. Yeah. on this it was exciting from beginning to end as far as like what was going on who's fighting who you know new things happening with tatanka and bam bam bigelow you know the whole thing with lex's arm even that little bit towards the end with mr hughes and somebody trying to manage him so there's something going on with every single one of these it didn't seem like you know maybe besides the the hacksaw match but even with hacksaw there's the yoko thing it just felt like you know there was every 
bit of this episode had a purpose. Yeah, almost too much because it's going to be a long time for King of the Ring. We get mm-hmm. that's in June, June, and it is. Uh, this is the last episode of April, so we're going into May. Next okay, week. so it's got six weeks. Yeah, uh, so maybe two different spots where they're going to be recording from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they really could have spread this out. Like they could have done the Sherry Tatanka this episode. They could have, or Justin the Lex, where, where they yeah. find, find out it's all about his elbow. Then they could have done Sherry Tatanka next week because it's all being taped at the same place. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm wondering what they're going to show us for the next couple of weeks that we're in this arena because they really blew their load on everything. <laughs> like, yeah, so far, they did. They got everything going on. Well, that that was my thought too because it was like you know who didn't we see. This week that still has something. Well, we didn't see The Undertaker. We didn't see Brett. We didn't see, uh, I don't know, Shango's going anywhere. Right. Um, uh, So there are still a few superstars that could easily have feuds or something going on the next week, couple of weeks. So we we shall see. We might debut the smoking guns. We'll see. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But uh, next week we have a narcissist, a narcissist. So I wonder what they're going to do with his bionic forearm, if they're just going to have him... Knock the shit out of people. Yeah. An interview with The Undertaker. So really an interview with Paul Bear. <laughs> exactly. A few words said by The Undertaker. I'm not sure who's going to win this one, this qualifying match for the King of the Ring with Doink and Perfect because they're mm-hmm. pushing both dudes. Yeah. So who loses so, this? Yeah, this, that should be a good one. I'm interested in that as well. I don't know, but one of these guys will be in the King of the Ring brackets. And I don't know if there's, yeah, I guess there is. Because we have the Hogan-Yoko match. It's the main event of the King of the Ring. Because yeah. you're going to have the tournament and at least that. I don't know what else we're going to get. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to spoil it for myself. Gotcha. Uh, but we get this interview with Doink. And I don't know when they trade Doinks, but we still have Matt Bourne. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It doesn't say like when he was done with the Doink thing. All right. Well, yeah. we'll find out. Yeah. It's coming. Uh, all right, dude. Well, that is the end of this. We're going to be in May. We are. So, sayonara, Undertaker. Yes, and Shawn Michaels has left the building. 